1: Hello and welcome once again to another edition of On Mike with Jordan Rich, where conversation is alive and well, conversation with creative people who have a lot to say and a lot to share. I'm a rather simple chap, and when it comes to dealing with taxes or finances or investing my money, I really appreciate it when people speak to me in plain English. (laughs) Stuff flies over my head, I'm sure it flies over yours. So I've invited the right guy to join us today, his name is Milton Ezrati. He's got over four decades of experience in finance as an investment economist, has written for Forbes, Barron's, Fox Business and The Wall Street Journal, and has now decided to publish his book based on his popular blog. It's called Bite-Sized Investing, a complete and jargon-free guide to your investing success. Just by listening to this podcast, you can increase your fortune or at least know how to take steps to do that. Ready to invest a few minutes of your time? I certainly am. Let's do so then. As we talk with Milton Esrati and welcome him to join us. on It's
0: remarkable how um, many people who have tremendous credentials elsewhere are largely—I um, I don't like to use the word ignorant—but it applies, just ignorant of how finance works and what it involves. And I'll add to that, a lot of people in the financial industry would like to keep it that way. This
1: would be the kind of book that I'd like to see in every schoolroom, and every high school, uh, because this is the kind of stuff that isn't taught. And uh, unless you pick up the book or learn from people like you, a lot of people are up a creek.
0: They are. And it's unfortunate that the schools don't teach this because it's not that – the stuff really at base is not that hard. If you want to become a professional trader, you have to learn a lot more, but that's not necessary.
1: One of the things that strikes me, and and you put it so beautifully in the opening chapters, is that any one of us can do this, and you don't have to have a pot of gold to start.
0: No, in fact. To get started, you need very little money and actually even to move into the brokerage end of things. In the book, I go through how you can build up some savings. But even setting up a brokerage account doesn't take a great deal of money. And certainly it's not very much trouble. Now, admittedly, if you're a small investor, they're going to give you the new kids on the block, Mm. the newbies at the broker. And so you're not going to have this sage advice that a more uh, experienced person would have. But that doesn't matter. You're not interested in sage advice. You're just interested in, in getting started.
1: I would love to, to get into some of the detail, but I think the best way to do that is to look at what you talk about in the opening introductory chapters and some of the rules, because people will want to get the book. It's available everywhere. But let's talk about some of the rules. And these really make sense in all cases. Number one, prudence is always in fashion. I hope people know what that word means. I know what it means. Why don't you explain what you mean when it comes to investing?
0: Well, actually, it just means caution or or care in what you're doing. Um, But I used the word and then I said, you know, that's a pretty old-fashioned word, but that's all it means. It just says that you have to be careful when you invest, and it's very easy to be swept up in hype. I started writing this book because a friend of mine was all excited about Bitcoin. This was some years ago. Mm. On its first upsweep, I said to him, don't ever buy hype. And prudence tells you that hype is dangerous. It tells you, effectively, there's an old-fashioned expression used in the investment community, and I think it's very apropos. If something looks good, to, too good to be true, it is <laughs> too uh, good to be true. Um, sure. So you have to be you have to be cautious, and and you, you don't leap for the fast buck which unfortunately a lot of people are promising.
1: But at the same time, as you point out in the second rule, you've got to know that there is risk involved. I mean, this is not a surefire guarantee, but people sometimes don't think of it that way.
0: Always risk. There's risk even if you hide a lot of bills behind the frozen food in your freezer, because there's risk that someone will break in and find it, because that's the place they all look. Um, but aside from that, there's risk with inflation, because that lot of bills, especially now with inflation roaring in this country, that lot of bills is losing buying power every day. So that's a risk too. There is no entirely safe place. Some places are more safe than others. And if you play the averages, your investments can be pretty safe over time. Um, But um, everything has risk. Now, the saying goes that the investments that pay the highest return have the highest risk. And that has been demonstrated as true uh, in lots of academic and business studies. Uh, But that's only on average and over time. That doesn't mean every investment that's risky pays off, and it doesn't mean that everything happens right away. So you exercise the prudence and you recognize that, especially over short periods of time, the risk is present.
1: As you say, time is on your side. Patience is a virtue, another axiom.
0: It is in general, and it certainly is an investing. And what I what I mean when I said that in the book, and I think it's very important, is you realize that investment investments pay off the kind of thing like I say. If you uh, have a risky investment and you can hold on to it to, it, to fruition especially a group of investments, they will pay off. They will pay off better than the safe investments, but it takes time playing the averages. Time is on your side. But even more basically than that, if you start building an investment portfolio, whether it's simply a savings account at the bank or a more elaborate structure with stocks and bonds, if you are, it throws off money. Stocks pay dividends, bonds pay interest, Savings accounts pay interest, even though it's a small number these days. Um, and that, if you're aiming at an investment over time, that contributes more and more toward what you have to have to um, uh, to buy whatever you're looking for, whether you're taking a five- or a ten-year horizon to buy a house. Uh, those investments, as they accumulate and throw off more dividends and more interest, will contribute a greater share of what you have to put aside. So time is definitely on the investor's side because that's when the averages pay off and that's when it throws off the most money.
1: Milton Esrati is with me. Bite-sized investing, a complete and jargon-free guide to your investing success. And the big D word is diversification. And uh, most people I know who get into this minimally know that if they buy into mutual funds or something like that, a vehicle like that, they're getting more of that diversification, but in general, it's a good policy to have. It is,
0: it's the old saying about putting eggs in one basket, and also, uh, it, it plays the averages. The more investments you have, obviously there's a limit. It depends on how much money you have, and um, and it, it, it has diminishing returns, you know, if you go from 20 to 40 to 60 to 80 different holdings, it, each additional holding pays uh, does less to protect you but you're playing the averages then. If you're all in one investment, two investments, then you're betting a very concentrated amount of uh, – excuse me. You're betting on a very concentrated number of outcomes. Better to have a diversified portfolio. I always say to the small investor, mutual funds do charge fees. Some are higher than others. We can get back into that maybe another time. But uh, they they give you a diversified investment, which is a lot easier for the small investment to achieve that way than buying 10, 20, 30 stocks, bond issues.
1: Makes so much sense. Milton, as we record this, the stock market, which was really soaring for several years, took a, a massive dip. Certain people would call that a correction. Other people would call it a disaster. The panic has set in with some, not all. Why should we not panic when the stock market goes down?
0: Well, the stock market, it goes up and down all the time. Uh, But the important thing is, is that over time, it tends to go up. Keep in mind, a stock is simply a share in the earnings of a corporation. If you have a diversified portfolio of stocks, you are betting effectively on the prosperity of the United States over time because the country is prosperous companies will have more profits so over time the us economy has expanded i suppose in one's imagination you can imagine a time when the economy is not expanding or doesn't ceases to expand but generally it expands and if you are disposed to that you will win over time so if the stock market goes down usually before recessions, 20, 30 percent, which is where we are now from the stock market highs, down 20, 30 percent. If you are there and you have time uh, and you shouldn't be in stocks if you don't have time to wait, um, it will come back and make further gains, and trying to time it can be a very dangerous thing.
1: That's where brokers come into play, and you have a lot of advice on what to look for in a broker. I don't need you to go into great detail, but overall, what are some of the thoughts on that?
0: Well, you want a broker who, there are are a number of ways to approach a broker. Brokers like to have discretion. And that's not always the best way to go because they charge more for that. But effectively, when you go to a broker and you want to set up an account, whether you're buying mutual funds through that broker or you're buying individual stocks and bonds, uh, they take you pay a fee every time you do a transaction. It's a very small fee. It's a very competitive business business. Um, and they will give you advice. That advice can come free. Some brokers are more open with advice than others. We can come back to that. But they will give you advice. But if it's your discretion, you only pay on that transaction, a small fee. And if you hold it, you don't pay any more. You get the dividends. You get the uh, interest on the bonds. The broker does uh, all the uh, bookkeeping for you and sends you a statement monthly, quarterly, depending on who they are, um, and it's, it's very easy to set up an account. It was at, because of the uh, uh, Patriot Act. The broker has to know who you are, so there's a little more documentation. When you set up the account, that is costless, too. Uh, you set up the account. You can fund the account initially, or you can fund it for each transaction And um, it's pretty straightforward business. It's all done on the telephone. Uh, They won't take uh, emails. They won't take texts. But all done on the telephone. That way they can verify who you are.
1: The book lays out a lot of things, including what happens during various months, during the year. Very helpful calendar section for anybody. Also a lot of terminology. And most people know what a pension is in general. Most people understand the concept of the IRA. But you do go into a lot of this stuff, simplify it for people who may be wondering, for instance, how a 401k works if they've never had a, an employer who offers that option. I mean, these are very helpful things that you've gathered, I guess, over the years.
0: Thank you. Yes, I have. Um, and at the end of the book, I provide a glossary because, as I joked when we first got, uh, started this, uh, a lot of people in the financial industry like to keep the mystery. It makes them more important and probably justifies their fees, at least in, in their mind. Um, but there's a lot of jargon, so I have a glossary in the back to explain the jargon in English, and um, uh, it, 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 it the, all these um, event, all these things whether they're a pension or 401k, the legalities can become very complex. But what they're doing is really very straightforward, and they, they say, well, this, there's, there's these kinds of, it, of of issues for for nonprofits, these kinds of issues, IRAs are for private. Uh, Put pensions, and there are some. If you're getting one from a uh, a state and local government, but they all do the same thing. They have different numbers and letters, four O one K or four three C B or something like that. These that's only the legality. the The essence of what they're doing is the same, and it's pretty straightforward. You put money in, you choose the investments, and you get to keep all the income. And indeed, will that if uh, if you. Um, leave us before mm-hmm. it's um it it it's exhausted so it's a it's a really nice way to get into investing if your employer offers it to you do as much as you can afford to do
1: there's never been a better opportunity for anyone at any level to get started, to, uh, to try to build up a portfolio, build up savings. I'm talking about young people who probably aren't thinking that far ahead. But if you start young in your 20s, let's say, as a worker, and you start uh, putting some of that money into uh, solid investments that will grow and grow and grow, uh, you're going to have a much brighter future.
0: Uh, great point, Jordan. Uh, it's, uh, there's an old saying among, uh, among professional investors that it's not timing the market, time, time your purchase date uh, or, for, or sale date, but it's time in the market. So get into the market. If you think it's expensive, don't worry. It will go up over time. If you think it's cheap, then especially jump in. But keep the money there reinvest the dividends, reinvest the interest if you own bonds, uh, or if you ha- you're you dealing with an account with a bank, and that money will grow. And the longer it's there, the more it contributes on its own. The flow of dividends reinvested, the flow of interest reinvested, builds, Even if even if you cease for some reason an emergency in your life to make your contributions, it continues to grow. And um, so it's time in the market, and the younger you are when you start, the better off you are. Even though you can't contribute a great deal, if it's put aside and it's earning money and that money is being reinvested, it will build tremendously uh, as you um, approach whatever date it is, whether it's a retirement account or to buy a home or to get married or to set up a household. uh, it, 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 It contributes more, and the longer you're there, the more you'll have.
1: You mentioned earlier the all-purpose warning if it's too good to be true it likely is. Can we just have you run down a few of the other things to avoid, traps to be careful of, to be wary of because there are lots of temptations out there.
0: Well, there are and and a lot and it it's all very human. Um The uh, the the principles we talked about when we uh, when we first started uh, are are designed to keep you from falling into these traps. Um, One is an obsession with safety, Uh, safety like keeping cash in a mattress or in your freezer, or simply just leaving it in a bank account, even as it grows enough so you can invest because you're afraid of stocks, you're afraid of bonds. that can that counts against you because the return on a bank account very secure but uh, not much lower than you'll get on stocks and bonds and a diversified portfolio would be a better way to um, um, uh, create that safety. So people have this obsession with safety and um, uh, it's um, uh, it it it. it it seems to be in line with the prudence rule, but it ignores the fact that taking some risk pays higher mm. returns and that um – If you diversify, you can protect in better ways. Mm. There is also a lot of cynicism I've discovered in talking to people about this. People say the market's rigged. The market is just for the rich guy. I'm not going to get involved. You're missing a tremendous opportunity. Maybe there is some rigging. Maybe someone can do better because they're well-connected. I'm skeptical of that, but perhaps it's true. But it doesn't matter. You will do better if you're there than if you're hiding somewhere and afraid of it. Like uh, from the story I told you at the beginning with the Bitcoin, avoid getting too enthusiastic. The media loves to hype things; that's their bread and butter, and uh, that's a dangerous thing to do to get involved in that hype. And in the same, it's the it's the other side of the coin from people who are afraid and won't even begin. So uh, there are all these concerns now. One thing I've always said to people, if you're going to go into stocks because they go up and down, make sure you don't need the money. Uh, If you need the money in one or two years, Hmm. stocks are not the place to be. Go into bonds, buy an account, put your money in an account. But if you don't need the money and you want to accumulate for some long-term goal, there is the best place to put your money in a diversified portfolio.
1: People will find all kinds of helpful information, even in the back of the book, uh, scams, the major ones to avoid, what to be wary of. Milton, you've probably seen everything under the sun in your vast career. There's always another scammer out there trying to take advantage of people.
0: There are. And and um, and I advise people, whenever if someone contacts you on the phone or via text or email, be very wary. That doesn't mean they're all phony. They may be just doing their... Um, uh, advertising, but make sure you get their proposals in writing. Make sure that they give you a name and an address, a physical address, not just a, a website or a um, uh, 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 an email. Uh, make sure you get a physical address. Get everything in writing and uh, and then you can check there are all sorts one of the things I have in the book I'm not going to clutter this conversation with it but there are all kinds of government agencies that will tell you if somebody is, is legitimate or even if they're legitimate if they've had trouble in the past if the, they've been sanctioned by various authorities in the past that is all public information and it's available to any investor and if anyone tells you on the phone that this is too urgent to spend time sending you written material or giving you this information, just hang up because that's a scam.
1: <laughs> Thank you, sir, for uh, for putting that exclamation point on that. There's so much more that we will just allude to. The book is called Bite Sized Investing. By the way, dear,s are you still doing the blog that this book was born from?
0: Uh, yes, I am still doing the blog. I don't blog as often as I'd like to. Uh, I have other obligations, but yes, I'm still doing a blog. It is called Bite Sized Investing. It is one word. Uh, dot com, and um, uh, I encourage people to go there. I try. The book is more general. It's, it's the guide for investing for effectively, if not all time, for the time being. Uh, things change over time, but, um, but the blog is a little more current with uh, events in the news.
1: Must be fun for you, Final Point, to be doing this now, to share so much wisdom that you've amassed over the years with people uh, not only like me, but young people who uh, could use this stuff.
0: Well, I'm especially in, in, um, keen on the young people because they have told me when I've had conversations with them how little the schools support them. Uh, a lot of older people, I'm business owners, successful business owners who have no notion of how finance works. It's always delight. When I'm talking to a person who is otherwise very intelligent, and they, as soon as you explain it, they see how the things work, uh, and the young people as well. So it's it's very gratifying, uh, after um, years of blundering around and finally figuring it out myself, to make it so that they don't, others don't have to blunder around.
1: Well, I want to thank you for your contribution and remind people it's called bite-sized investing, a complete and jargon-free, thank you, jargon-free guide to your investing success. Milton is. Roddy, E-Z-R-A-T-I. Great to chat with you about this. I learned a lot and I know our listeners did as well.
0: It's been a pleasure.
1: Thanks a lot to a very smart investment economist who offers clear-cut explanations of it all in his wonderful book, Bite-Sized Investing, a complete and jargon-free guide to your investing success. Available anywhere, books are sold. Before we scoot, want to say thanks to Dan Tebow of Fast Twitch Media, to everyone at Chart Productions in Boston. For much more about the podcast and me, visit my website, jordanrich.com. And if you can, give this podcast a rating and a review. It will go a long way to help spread the word. Thanks, guys, for listening. As always, be well so you can do good. Take care.